Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench, everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. He's been the producer and an on-air fixture for 13 years, but the people wanted more. You are now entering the Boneyard with T-Bone on WFNZ.com. Oh, that is right. Welcome into the Boneyard studios here at Entercom for the longest-running episodic podcast in WFNZ history. This is episode number two. Alongside me right now is Preppy from the Mac Attack. In this episode, you will meet one of my favorite new listeners, Amber, in our Get to Know feature. Hitman and I preview the MLB season with some over-unders. And Panthers fan and friend Joan Ellis joins me for a few minutes to discuss the Keep Pounding 5K, which comes up on June 2nd. As mentioned, we bring in Preppy from the Mac Attack, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on WFNZ in Charlotte. Preppy was known as Zach till this morning when we found out he was named after Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, and we changed his name because that's what we do. My my full name is not T-Bone. I that, didn't know that. What's yeah, your, that's what's not your name? my birth. Travis is my. Oh, yeah. I never knew that. I don't even answer to that. People will be like <laughs> Travis, and I'm like, huh? Oh, that's my that's my, that's my that's my real name. How do you feel about finally getting a radio name as good as Preppy? Um, that's fine with me. I don't really mind it. Um, you know, Preppy is. Pretty much the last word you would use to describe me as a person because I don't dress peppy, preppy, I don't act preppy, my parents aren't rich, I don't you know get everything off of them, everything like that. That is literally the last word you would use to describe me. So but you're hey, not the normal millennial then. No, not at all. Okay, that's good. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Do you know that before I worked with Mac, he had an intern. Yeah. I would drive around and listen to his show. Do you know what his intern's name was? What intern Dick? <laughs> Just because he wanted to be able to say it on the radio. I mean, that, that's messed up. That is kind of messed called, up. You called the guy that? And I thought it was like his real name, so I'm thinking like there must be like an older man. No, he was like 20, but Mac just wanted to call him intern Dick, so that's why they called him that. That's pretty mean. I mean, I could see it if the guy's name was Richard or something, but that's just mean. That sounds like Mac, though. All right, let's get to some sports stuff. Final Four weekend. For some reason, I don't know why, it doesn't feel like my heart is in it like it normally is this year. Why is that, Bone? What What could have possibly gone wrong Last Sunday. Could it have something to do with Grayson Allen's bank shot not going in? You could have just said Duke losing. You had to get <laughs> specific to the exact moment. Could it have something to do with that charging call? Yeah, the charge call, that was pretty that was pretty rough. And it's still that one's gonna haunt me for a while. I thought I handled myself you you've seen me before when I come in after Duke losses. Yeah. And this this is a loss on Sunday night, basically, to coming to do the show Monday. Yeah. You've seen me before during night games come in. And it's a train wreck. Yes. This is normally what that, that's the maddest I normally get in life is when Duke loses. I thought on Monday I handled myself pretty well this time. Yeah. I, I mean, you weren't that mad. I mean, I think what made you not that mad was that not they, they didn't, 
lose to a lesser team, you know, I'm guessing Lehigh, you were probably more mad. I, Kansas is a lesser team to Duke, if you ask me in my opinion, but that doesn't mean, like, they're not a Lehigh. They're not a Mercer. My question just to you keep, is, though. Keep, you keep stabbing me in the back right my, now. My question to you is, how did you handle the loss? What did you do after Duke lost? Did you oh. cry in a corner? Did you t- turn the lights off and go to no. bed? What did you do? I don't cry. Well, I do cry a lot. I cried yesterday, two days ago, as a matter of fact. Did you know I cried two days ago? For what? That damn, well, I love dogs. Yeah. I can't even watch TV shows where a dog is going to be, I, I can't. Yeah. Anything that happens to a dog. I love you, dogs too. Screw yeah. humans. Yeah. But dogs, <laughs> if something's going to happen to a dog anywhere on TV, I'm out. Yeah, me like, too. Um, Sarah McLaughlin, first, I'm out. Oh, the I'm first out episode of House of Cards. There's oh, a dead dog man. in the street. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you out. don't see it though. You don't see I it. I was though. out. You were out? You I, didn't like I, the I show? I couldn't do it. I'm oh, like, if they're going to have dead dogs in this show, I'm out. So I was laying in bed the other day, because that's what I do in the afternoons with my wife. And the the commercial for the ASPCA comes on. Oh, you yeah. know, like the three minute one mm-hmm. that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the remote near me. No warning. All of a sudden, it's like halfway through, and I'm going. I just, I'm <laughs> holding my dogs. I'm going. I just, I, I, I can cry with the best of them. I did not cry though after the Duke game. I I went where any thirty four year old grown man goes to. Uh, Strip club? No, no, no. I don't like strip clubs. Make me too nervous. I don't know. You okay. got to pay, and I don't like being touched by this. I, it's just the whole thing I have. I went to Chili's Bar and Grill <laughs> in Mooresville. What'd you get to eat? I got the uh, the sliders. Oh, the sliders are good there without did, onions. Did you get a beer? I had a beer. And wash sliders. it down. Yeah, you had to get yeah, a beer by to wash myself. It down. Me and this guy at the end of the bar had the wait staff called Sugar Daddy. <laughs> I think he must be there all the time. True story. I, I ended up with a guy named Slim on Friday night. At a bar at uh, Hickory Tavern, a guy named Slim next to me. Mm-hmm. I end up with a guy named Sugar Daddy on Sunday night. Hmm. I mean, you talk about Mooresville is popping this weekend. Slim and Sugar Daddy. Two true, true stories. I don't know. That's what one waitress called him. They said, You're Sugar Daddy. So I figured that's what, there you go. That's what they called him. So that, that's what I have going on. Better up. nickname than Preppy. Handled it well. Speaking of plans, well, what, f- Final Four, let's go back to that. Who do you, who do you think ultimately wins this thing? Uh, I think it's going to be Loyola and Villanova, and then Villanova wins by twenty. You think you think Loyola is going to play Villanova? Yes, because you and Mac both earlier on the show today thought that Michigan was going to win, and you should know by now to pick against Mac because I, then you'll be right. I feel pretty confident in this one, though. I don't think I think Loyola's run stops. So tomorrow. they're Mac curseless. They can't be cursed by Mac. In other words, I, I, I don't. If Mac curses Sister Jean, we got a problem on our hands. <laughs> we do then have this a problem. Curse goes bigger and wider than we realize. Yeah. No. I mean, I can understand you cheering for Michigan because you want the ratings up or whatever. But I love the story. Keep it rolling. Let them get to the final game. There's no nobody in this Final Four is beating Villanova. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see how Jalen Brunson's too good. The rest of the team's too good. Sister Jean, she, it is a great story. Don't get me. Don't get it twisted. It is a great story, and it, I think it has been the biggest story of this Final Four. However, I think it's taking away a little bit of what I think is the bigger story. Which is? The dominance of Villanova. Yeah. If they were Kentucky or UNC or Duke or Kansas or UCLA, we would be trying to rank where this run of the last five years ranks. Because when you go through the numbers, they have the winningest program for a four-year – they have the winningest stretch for four years – in the history of college basketball. And people don't realize that, and that's what's sad about it. They passed 97-01 Duke. They have not lost back-to-back games since 2013. Wow. Now, their conference isn't great, but they're about, they, I think they're going to win their second championship in three years. Yes. Jay Wright right now is the best coach in college basketball. And let him be a lesson to Virginia fans and Tony Bennett. He had a, a unique style for a while where he had four guards all the time. And he had really good teams 
but they couldn't break through in March because he wouldn't adapt and get bigger players on the team. That was his, that was his flaw. A lot of guards ran into bigs, got in trouble. He, the last couple of years, really adapted to bigger bodies. You now see Spellman on the team, Ochefu on the championship team. He's adapted, and it's worked. They stuck with Jay Wright. They believed in him. He adapted his plan, and he's got the winningest program in four years in the history of college basketball. Tony Bennett, it may not be next year, little adapting, little tweaks here and there to the system, and I think Tony Bennett may be the next Jay Wright. Uh, that's a bold statement, because, uh, talking about a guy who just lost to a 16 seed. But, um, you know what I'm saying, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like, no, no, they're, no they're, I'm they're with questioning you. Tony Bennett now about March. They yeah. question Jay Wright the same way. No, no, I'm, the, I'm right there with you. I think Jay Wright... Um, whenever he broke through with that shot by Chris Jenkins, any UNC fans listening out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That shot, pass back to Jenkins for the championship. You know Jim Nance, whatever he oh, said. Say yeah. one more. Say only close my eyes. <laughs> say one more time. Pass back to oh. Chris Jenkins oh. for the championship. He got it. I feel like a 12 year old boy trying to watch Cinemax, <laughs> and it's fuzzy. Sounds so, so excited. I just got. But yes, no. Like my point was, Jay Wright needed a <laughs> moment like that. Excuse Wait, me, my headset just fell. Headset it fell off. It's okay. Uh, Jarrett needed that. I mean, he didn't really need that moment of how they won the championship like that, but he needed to win the championship. And then maybe that's what Tony Bennett needs, obviously, to wash away the loss, but to just show that he can dominate the tournament because he hasn't done that yet. That's what Tony Bennett needs to do. And I agree with you. Could be him, but yeah, Jay Wright, definitely best coach in college right now. Now, the big college basketball news of the week, not involving Final Four teams, was your Pittsburgh Panthers. Yes. Getting Duke assistant coach. Your Jeff, Duke. My Duke assistant coach, Jeff Capel. Yes. That's a big time hire from Pittsburgh. How excited are you for uh, old Mr. Capes? Oh, man. I am, I am elated. Uh, you know, we got turned down by the St. Bonaventure coach. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, whatever he Mark, is. Mark Schmidt. That's right. And then we got turned down by Buffalo's coach, Nate Oates, which is a guy that I liked a lot. We talked about this on the podcast last week. And this is hours week. before yeah. Cable takes yeah. the job. And then uh, John Shire turned us down. Well, I don't know if he, they ever really talked to him or if he turned it down, whatever. Uh, Sean Miller turned us down. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go to the Vander, Vanderbilts and find another Kevin Stallings, and it's going to be another awful year run for Pitt. A couple years run. And then we get Jeff Capel, and he is more than excited to take on this recruiting role, which he's going to have to recruit a lot of players. We had a guy yesterday who decommitted and is now re-back committed because Jeff Capel is the coach. So they, have, so, they have three players. For we have year. three players. We can almost field a starting five. Well, they'll, get, they'll, they'll get some grad transfers. Yeah. And they'll get some guys. You, what will happen here is rough first year, well, much like Kevin Keats at NC State. But I'd say five trans- wins maybe. Transfers will then guys have to sit out a year. We'll start to commit for yes. so it's not about next year for them. It's about the recruits and what players can you get. That's what Kevin Keats has next year. A lot of transfers coming in. Yeah, you'll see that coming up pretty soon. And you could probably talk to this topic more than I can about Jeff Capel being the head recruiter for Duke. Obviously, he's not going to get the Duke type recruits. He's not going up to the no. Marvin Bagley's and getting them he's, to come to Pitt. Obviously, get, the Duke name sells that for more than just Jeff Capel does. But it'll be players there for a while. It but, won't be the one. And but he'll know which players to target to where that they'll fit the right system and they'll be a successful team. I don't know. We're not going to run the ACC, but I want to be like, you know, I think he's going to be like a Kevin Keats type of coach where he's going to be good in a few years. It's going to be great. And as far as the Duke angle of it, losing you can't sit here and say that losing Cable doesn't hurt. Yeah. You have to know, though, and understand the dynamics of all that happens. It's not just – Cable's not the only recruiter. Shire's gotten, as a main recruiter, four or five five stars in the last year, year and a half. Nate James yeah. worked on Zion Williamson as Evan Daniels. So I'm not saying there's no impact. Don't get me wrong. But the system is there for Duke to have John Shire – I think John Shire is going to be a fan. From everything I hear – he has risen up so quickly. 
Is he your next Duke coach after Coach K retires? It's hard to say. Or is Capel? Does Capel come back? It depends on Capel. If Capel turns Pittsburgh around and Kay's about to retire and he's doing some work, absolutely. But if Capel goes to Pittsburgh and he can't turn it around, then Capel's probably lost his spot. We have to still pay attention to Wojo and Collins and Hurley. No one's really taking Brad Stevens. And and the coach. And the other name that I continue to tell people about – Duke and Carolina going forward. Hmm. Whenever that, whatever happens with Roy and Kay, I think at some point Billy Donovan's coming back to college basketball. You do, I do. I think because eventually with with Westbrook, there there's going there there will be a coaching change at some point. They don't reach the levels with Westbrook that Westbrook really wants to reach. They're, they're going to look at Billy. I, I'm not saying he's doing a terrible job. Yeah, I just think if he does leave Oklahoma City, I think he comes back to college basketball, and I think he becomes. I'm not saying he's Nick Saban, but, but he we, would be. He'd get paid a lot. of He money. would get paid as maybe maybe the highest paid coach in college basketball. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see where he would land. And if Cal goes to the NBA at some point, and Kentucky's open, yeah, that's a possibility. He started. Too. He started. So yeah. yeah, that's definite possibility. All right, we're gonna go Mac in time right now with our story segment. Mac <laughs> is not here because me trying to corral Mac for an extra ten minutes. It's like it's difficult. Yeah. But last week, this is our Mac and Time feature. This is a little different this week. I wanted to add on to something from a story I told last week. Because remember the story I told about how I got lost yeah. for gas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got dumped by the girl? There's a second part to that story that takes place in 2007 that basically sums up everything I was back then. And I probably, can't wait to hear this. It probably am now. All right, so remember, I dumped in 2006. That was the fall of 2006. We fast forward to what I think was the fall of 2007, end of the summer, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We had we had been in communication a little bit, like talking through tech. Like we were fine. Like we were friends. Like we it wasn't I, a nasty breakup, is what no, you're trying to no. say. No, I mean it was at first, and then my friend that died. We ended up like have the mutual friend that died, so it, it wasn't contentious. I I thought something was happening though. Like I'm like, oh, you know, as a male, I said, ooh. I'm feeling like it's about I'm about to make my move. Yeah, about to reel in this big recruit to go back to basketball <laughs> talk. And I sent her this lengthy MySpace message. MySpace just, days. I got. I, I love some MySpace. Didn't this you? Is, this is 2007, so Facebook was there, but it, Twitter wasn't, wasn't there. really there yet. MySpace yeah. at that particular moment was was the daddy, was the jam. Yeah. Do people still say jam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know. You're up to date. So I, I sent her this lengthy MySpace. This, this story is unbelievable. I sent her this this. Lengthy MySpace message. Poured out my heart like a cup of coffee. And I don't remember the exact words. She didn't reciprocate. The, so she the wasn't message. feeling it. She wasn't feeling it. And I was crushed. Mm-hmm. And when old Bozy gets crushed, it's, it's tough. Yeah. As you can tell by looking at me, it's <laughs> happened quite a bit in my life. So I went to work the next day, and we had these sales guys that were a little crazy at the time. Like the party. And we were, I was in the afternoon, the midday show. So when I'm done, they kind of knew I was going through something or whatever. I don't know. They said, Bonesy, we're taking you out for some drinks. Oh, and, Lord. And they throw me in the back of the car like blue from old school. And I'm like, all right, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> These fools, I don't know. They might have been. I don't know. They were driving all around uptown. I don't know. I'm in the back seat, kind of scared a little bit. I'm like, These guys. And, they, they, and keep in mind, I said last week that the girl that dumped me worked at Rock Bottom Brewery. Mm-hmm. This is less than 24 hours since I sent the message. And she replied saying no, she was Yeah, whatever it. she said. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So they're driving me all around uptown and we stop at one place and then we end up going through a side door somewhere 
and I sit down, and these two, these two crazy sales fools say, hey, we'll get the drinks. I say, I'll wait right here. I don't know where I am, by the way. I don't even know, the, I didn't, don't even know where I am. <laughs> I sit down. 24 hours since the message. Don't know where I am. Waitress comes over. Who's the waitress? Her. It's her. Gotta be. It's yep. her. Oh, my gosh. You talk about a want to get away moment. I'm like, so she thinks that I'm there on purpose. To creep. Now I've become a stalker. Yeah, you're not, you're not that big of a creep, but it made it look like it. And keep in mind, I'm by myself at the table. These guys are getting drinks at the wherever you get them at. And they're, they they're, know your story too, right? You told yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, they know a little bit. They don't yeah. know that they don't know that she worked there. Yeah, but you told them all about the Facebook mess. Or not yeah, Facebook, yeah, MySpace, yeah, the MySpace. Yeah. They knew all about it. So yeah. they're pointing at me. They see me hug the waitress because you know we're friendly. Yeah. And they're pointing at me with fist pumping, going, "Yeah!" And then they come over, and my head is just on the table. And they have these drinks, and they're like, "Boney, what happened?" I'm like, "It's her." <laughs> They're like, excuse me. I'm like, the girl I messaged last night is her. Oh, They're my like, God. One sales guy goes, man, what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> were they laughing at you or they kind of feel bad? One was laughing and one was like smiling like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, oh and the one goes, I never forget it. One guy goes, she's pretty hot. <laughs> How'd you lose that? Doesn't that sum it all up? Doesn't oh, that sum it all up? Man. How that's, did I end that's up? That's a shot to the heart. Not, this wasn't a month later. Wasn't a week later. I had to go back on MySpace that night and say, hello again. I wasn't creeping. That just happened to happen. I want you to, to know that I ended up going through a side door, and I ended up there. I didn't mean to. Unbelievable. That sums up everything that I am. Wow. Was she cool about it, or did she did she knew that you weren't trying to creep on her? Right? I don't know. I, don't, I, may, I couldn't tell. I just know that it was very awkward, and that sums up my previous dating life. Oh, man. All right, coming Sorry up, to hear about that. It's all right. Coming up next on the Boneyard Podcast, MLB preview with my boss, the GOAT, the legend, Tony. Watch out hitman. for the hitman. Tony, the hitman to Giacomo, talking baseball. Holy cow. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, episode number two of the relaunch. As I mentioned, people from around the radio station will have different roles in this podcast. Our baseball insider. He's going to be the, <laughs> you know that laugh. Use that word it, loosely. He's going to be the man in charge, the esteemed boss, Tony DiGiacomo, the hitman. Welcome to your first visit inside the Boneyard studio. Welcome, Th- my friend. Thank you, Bone. Honored to be here. This is, uh, this is a big day for me to be a part of the, uh, the Boneyard podcast. And basically, a little inside here, very few people watch baseball around us, and also <laughs> very few people this time of the day we're taping this could do this. But nonetheless, you were my main choice here, my yes. first choice. Yeah, so yeah, first choice and only choice, hopefully. But no, thanks, man. It's, uh, it's cool to be on. Baseball season right on the corner starts in, uh, this weekend, and it's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait uh, for my Cubs this year, especially coming off of a National League Championship Series loss to the Dodgers. The Cubs needed some time away. They needed extra rest, and they got it, and they added to their team, and it's going to be a great season. So I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully maybe a Cubs-Yankees World Series. That'd be cool. That's what I've written down. And it's not just because I got a Cubs fan here and I'm a Yankees fan. I think that is where it's headed. I think the Astros could play a major factor in the Yankees possibly getting there. But I think for your team, as we go through, we picked out about 12 to 13 teams this year to discuss, we're going to go over the over-under numbers. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the Cubs, I think it's a lot more positive for the Cubs yep. than it was a year ago. We'll start off, though, with the Atlanta Braves, NL East. They won 72 games last year. Their over-under win total right now, 74 and a half. 
So not much difference from a year ago. Some young players coming up. Swanson's getting, you know, more acclimated. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Braves can go over 74.5 or under 74.5? Man, I'm still going to say under. You look at their lineup and their roster. They they have added some pieces, but they're very young, man. You know, outside of Freddie Freeman and Marcakis and Inciarte, that's a very young baseball team still, and they're going to need time to grow. Will Swanson be a great, really good player? Absolutely. Will their pitching staff be really good in the future? Yes. Tehran, I think, is an ace. I think he'll be that, that way for a long time. But will they be able to keep him in the future? I think the Braves are on the right path. I do believe this team will hit the 82 to 85 win plateau in a couple years, but not this year. I still believe under 74 and a half, and I do uh, like that division. I think the Phillies improved, the Mets have improved, uh, the Marlins will be what they were last year, and then you know that that's just a division that is going to keep the Braves from winning a lot of baseball games. They're going to be under 74 and a half. I got under 74.5 as well, but not by a lot. I think the pro- 72 wins last year, probably about the same. Mm-hmm. I don't see enough difference from one year to the next to say they can get to the 80 wins you mentioned. So I think they might be really competitive in their building, but they're not ready to make that leap just yet. So no. I think they may win, they may go over, but it'd be by like one game. So I'm going to go under probably around 72 wins. And I want to get down to SunTrust. Ballpark because I believe that that's a beautiful uh, baseball stadium and I do want to get down there this year, hopefully for a Braves game and hopefully it's because the Braves and Cubs. But that Brave team turning the corner, th- they'll be in the thick of it a couple years from now, but not yet. Still too young. That would be a good listener trip at some point heading down That'd to be Atlanta awesome. in the summer. That'd be Absolutely, we'll put that on your list of seventy-five things to do today. <laughs> All right, this over under the next one is the Baltimore Orioles. I think it might be pre Alex Cobb signing because mm-hmm. they won seventy-five a year ago. They're at seventy-three on this thing. I thought there were two on here today that I thought were obvious overs. If, if 73 is the over, actual over for the Orioles, they're going way over that. When you, know, you have Adam Jones and Chris yeah. Davis and Mancini and Scope and Machado, yeah. they added Alex Cobb. And Andrew Kashner, too, and which yes. is a big add. And, and in the latest preview issues out there right now, they've got the OU jump to 77 and a half. Okay. I still believe that's... Still that's, go over. Uh, I'm going to go under. Are and you? I, I say that because the Red Sox improved, the Yankees improved. That division is going to be tough, man. And the American League got a lot better this year than it was last year. Uh, the Angels out west, the Rangers, those teams are still going to be really good. The Rays will be good. You know, so well, the Rays I, traded off, I think, too many parts. So I they, think that, but they're always in the they're always in the hunt, though. Yeah, but I think they when you lose the amount of players they lost, Dickerson and Sousa and Longoria, and they they had a fire. So I think the Rays might be one of the worst teams in baseball See, this year. I think the Orioles can compete for the third, uh, the second wild card spot. Here's where where they get me on it, though, is that they made no notable moves outside of their pitching staff. It's true. And I do believe Cashner and Cobb will help, but their lineup is the same as it was last year, and the lineup struggled from a year ago. So this is not the same Orioles team from two years ago in the ALCS against the uh, against the Blue Jays, but you know that Blue Jay team too also got a little bit better while taking a step back. They also got a little bit better. So well, Donaldson's going to be healthy. You assume for yeah. the, in a contract year. Yeah. Although, does that help them? Or eventually, by the trade deadline, <laughs> does Donaldson get traded? We'll see about that. I think Baltimore goes over. I think Baltimore is in contention for third place in the AL East with Toronto. I think they get it. I think Buck Showalter will bounce back this year. Normally, Buck mm-hmm. Showalter gets the most out of his teams. Last year, for some reason, they faltered. The next one, a team that we know and love. No, we don't love it all. The Boston Red mm-hmm. Sox. 93 wins a year ago, won the AL East. 91 and a half this year. You give me your thoughts on Boston, and I'll give you my very biased take on the Red Sox. See, I, I, I like 
I like this team a lot, and what's working in their favor too is the addition of uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, especially in that division. And not only did they add that, but I add him. But I think Chris Sale is going to have a bounce back year. I think their lineup is still so so damn good. And this and team young, and young and young, and you know, and they're hungry. And this is a team that last year got a taste of the playoffs, obviously being swept by the Astros, left a bad taste in their mouth, but they added to that. And adding J.D. Martinez uh, at the very you know beginning of training camp, basically, uh, of spring training, uh, he'll, he'll take a, probably a month to get really his swing down and, and get real active uh, at the plate. And obviously, you know, he's a big pole hitter, so that, that could help him there at, at Fenway. But I like this... Red Sox team a lot. I'm going to go over 91.5. I think it's a 95-win team. I'm going to go slightly under, probably 89 to 90. Here's some question marks I have. It's not about the lineup. Lineup is great. It's not about Craig Kimbrell. We know what he mm-hmm. is. The pitching staff is my question because Porcello was awful last year. Does he bounce back to the Cy Young performance or mm-hmm. is Porcello more of who he was before? Because last year was more like who he was in the past. Mm-hmm. David Price, does he stay healthy? Pomerantz. And Chris Sale, for as great as he can be, does not finish seasons well. Mm-hmm. He historically, the last three or four years, every September starts. I don't know if it's the the way he pitches and he gets worn down. And then the three starters behind, well, excuse me, the two starters behind Porcello, Velasquez and Johnson, some nondescript, I mean, some some young pieces. I don't know if that staff, if, if Price goes out and Porcello is not pitching like he's supposed to pitch two years ago, we're all on Chris Sale. So it, I, I think that. I think the Yankees are better equipped for 2018. And where I think you might be, you might have a case for that under 91 half or right at 91 half is the Blue Jays will be better when and, healthy. And I've got Baltimore being better. And and yeah, exactly. And they played, you know, those teams 19 times. Yep. So you you could, you could look at you know eight or nine losses to you know all three of those teams. If you just go 500, you know, eight or nine losses to all those teams, which already puts you in a in a you know. Around twenty something losses in the division. So and keep in mind, Boston last year, despite the uh, they had ninety three wins, they weren't great last year, and they got hot. For no, they, those, they got hot. Yeah, they got hot for like eleven of twelve wins or something. They did, like that. which kind of get them under the elevated the them chase. above that. So yeah. we'll we'll see where where the truth lies with Boston. Here we go. Your My Chicago, Chicago Cubs. Cubs add you Darvish to the mix. I think yeah. I'm not stunned by the results of the Cubs last year. That was you know it is yeah. how this is coming off the emotion of what they went through in the World Series year, to expect them to bounce back as the same team last year all the way through was probably fool's gold. That they, I didn't think they were going to be able to duplicate that. But we've seen teams before, after a down year, come back and be the dominant team we mm. think they're going to be. They're over-under right now, Tony, is... 94.5. I'm going way over that. I'm going way over that. I think it's a 100-win baseball team again, and I'll tell I you, think so, too. And I'll tell you why. You have you Darvish as your third starter right now. And you, Darvish, will not be asked to win 20 games, like or needed to win 20 games. And Hendricks will call, is going to have a bounce back year, I believe. And you've got Quintana, who you'll get it for a full season now uh, in the National League. And he dominated his stretch of the season in the National League. And this lineup uh, got rest, you know. Zobris needed rest. Bryant needed rest. Rizzo's swing was lazy in the in the, the Dodgers. Hayward series. was all over the place. And, and and don't and breakout player Ian Happ. You know this is a kid from Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati that uh, sped through the minor league baseball two years ago. And the Cubs called him up last year and had a really good season. Look for him to be even better and lead off. And let's not forget that Kyle Schwarber. 
lost a ton of weight. He, he was did. not happy with this season last year. The demotion in the minor leagues, Triple A Iowa, really got him, man. It stung him. And he vowed to get in better shape, and he has. He's lost 20 pounds and gained it, gained some of that back in muscle, but now he's more athletic. Now he'll cover more balls in the outfield, and now he can steal a base or two even more. So look for a, a big-time bounce-back season, and keep an eye on Brandon Morrow. Uh, Morrow set up every game last year for uh, for Jansen in the in the NLCS and the World Series and was damn near unhittable. Now, this is the first time he's going to be a legitimate closer, uh, but they've got a lot of guys too. Pedro Strope, uh, guys that could kind of close if they need to. So uh, I love for the Cubs to win 100 games or more. And the division still. Edwards Jr. is still down there too, right? Yep. yep. Edwards Jr. and the Elmora is still on the team. And they, they got a really deep roster. They got some good uh, uh, bench players and some durable bench players. So it's a 100 team in a division that is just not going to be there you go. as good as it was last year. I don't think the Brewers. The Brewers have added. The Brewers will be fine. Brewers and Cardinals are okay. Yeah. Then you've got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Well, are terrible. Remember a couple years ago when there was almost 300 win teams in that division? Yeah. Was there 300 win teams? Yeah. It was close to it. Yeah, it was close to it. I it's think the not Reds, that anymore. I think the Reds of Pirates will damn near lose 90 games or more, both those teams, because they just don't have the roster to compete in the Central and, Division. And Milwaukee's one of those middle-tier teams that, that can go either direction. Mm-hmm. We're going to fly through some of these. Let's go, Andrew. We've got to be quick, man. got to go quick. Cleveland Indians over-under is 94.5. They won 100. This is interesting, Tony. They won 102 games a year ago, and Vegas has them at 94.5 with not much change. I'm going to go over because I don't like the teams in the Central besides Minnesota being competitive, really. Mm. But I don't know if the Indians will be as good as last year. I don't know. Their pitchers, I thought, pitched over their heads a little bit last year. Not Kluber. Yeah. Some of the other guys, whether it be Bauer and some of these other cats. I think they're going to be really good. But I don't think Cleveland is going to be on the level of the Yankees. Rest. I'm with you on that, too. And their outfield is a big reason why. Chisenhall in right field. You got... A Zimmer, Brantley, Brantley, where is Brantley at? This yeah, point? Bradley Zimmer in center field, and you've got Michael Brantley left field. And you have no idea what you need out of that, out of that no outfield. Clue. If that outfield can't produce, they will not win 94 games. Their pitching staff's good, still really good. Closer, still really good in uh, Cody Allen. And keep in mind, Jose Ramirez yep. went, went off last year. Yep. Is he that player? Yeah. Or does he come back to earth a little bit? You know, you know, and you know, Alonzo at first, they've got still have Liriano. This is a really good baseball team, but are they 94 and a half win team? No, I say 90, and they push that wild card. Uh, or at least the Central will be better. Royals will be better. White Sox will be better. They'll, they'll push for the Central Division title. But I believe that division will be down, and the Indians will win 90 games and win the division, but under 94 and a half. Yeah, well, watch out for Minnesota in there competing with that. Yeah, right, right, the Twins. This was one that I thought was way, uh, way under Colorado Rockies, 82. 87 wins a year ago. I go over Colorado. That lineup's too good, of course. I do too. They did lose some pieces. They lost Chatwood to the Cubs. They lost a couple other guys. Their over under is 82. I like the over in that one as well. This is an 85 to 87 win team. Could hit 90, but there won't be enough in the NL West. Houston, I believe with the Dodgers. So. Houston Astros, 101 wins a year ago, 96 and a half. I'm going over that one. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see why they're going to be under 100 wins. I don't see him stopping either. That the the American League West, while it did get a little bit better, is still the American League West. Astros dominated the American League last year. Dominated the American League. That's a 100 win baseball team again. 100, and 101. Add Garrett Cole. Add Garrett Cole. That's a 100, 101 baseball team. They're going to compete uh, with the Yankees to play. In my in my prediction, the Cubs in the World Series, one of those two teams will face the Cubs. That's a hundred win baseball team. Here's an under for me: the Dodgers won 104 games last year. They're at 96 and a half. I thought that they they've got some young talent in Seager and Bellinger, obviously Clayton Kershaw. I thought 104 
was a little smoke and mirrors last year. I it is. They, they, they played above their talent level. I'm going under 96 and a half. Me too. And you're asking Rich Hill, Alex Wood, and Chris Taylor, who had career years last year, to have career years again, to get over 96 and a half. I don't see that happening. They're still going to be a really good baseball team. Turner being out for a while is going to hurt them in the first month, even though he'll probably be back in mid-May. Uh, I just believe that is a under 96 and a half uh, team. They will win the West. But the West is going to be down this year, in my opinion. That's going to be a a ninety win division like the AL Central will be. So I think under ninety six and a half they've got for the a, Dodgers. They've got a major competitor. I think I'll get to that in one second. The Mets. That's a tough one. They are at eighty one. See, I'm above eighty one on that. That's a better team than they were last year. And their manager is going to get them ten more wins. Man, they got a better manager, I think, than Terry Collins I, I was th- last I year. I said under by a, by a couple because I can't until I see the pitching staff stay healthy for them. I can't I can't make any guarantees on the Mets. So I think they're going to be improved. From their 70 wins a year ago, 81, just under that. My team, the New York Yankees, 91 wins a year ago, 94 and a half. We know they added Stanton. We know that they're, they they basically got two of everything in terms of position play. Like they mm-hmm. can do so many things. Uh, they've got guys in the minors that are, that are phenoms, not even up there yet. Greg Bird gets hurt. He's out six to eight weeks. They can overcome that, I think. Now, I think ultimately to win a championship, they may need Greg Bird back, but he's yeah. out all the time. I think they go over. Because the too. lineup, I think they've got enough starting pitching. And don't forget, that bullpen is completely nasty. That's the difference. It is. They don't need their starters to go seven innings. Well, and another big key, too, is their run differential last year was, 100, was plus 198. Yes. That should have got them 98 wins, if, or 99 if you look at it that way. Adding Stanton, Neil Walker, other pieces. Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury. This is a, this is a 100-win baseball team. So we're looking at Cub, we're looking at Cubs, Yankees, Astros as 100 win baseball teams this year in Major League Baseball. I believe all three will do that. I'm over 93 and a half for your Yanks. Here's a couple. I'm going to skip my my major over here. I'm going to go to the Cardinals real quick. Mm-hmm. Cardinals 85 and a half. Yes. I said over because I always just tend to go over with them. I always think they're going to max out normally more than they do. So I'm going to go over because again that division. If Milwaukee falters, yeah. mm-hmm. I think the Cardinals and Brewers are there in the middle after the Cubs. One of those two teams, I think, will be really good. Mm-hmm. One might falter. I think it might be the Cardinals that have a good season. Here's the hard part about the Cardinals. They did add Ozuna. And they still have a really good lineup. Fowler will be a really good leadoff hitter for them. But they need Carlos Martinez and Luke Weaver to perform. And if they don't do that, this team will not get to 85 and a half wins. They'll fall short again. The Cubs will be... 100 win baseball team. The Brewers will be better. I like the Brewers to go over 84 and a half. The okay. Cardinals to go under 85 and a half, only because I believe the Brewers added pieces that are going to be a lot better. And you know, you have uh, your ace and Chase Anderson. You got Yelich. You got Lorenzo Kane. That offense is better than it was last year. And Braun will have a really good year. They added pieces, not enough to compete with the Cubs for the division, but they'll be right in the thick of the wild card race, uh, better than the Cardinals. I go over Brewers, under Cardinals, 85 and a half. All right, last two Washington Nationals, 190. Seven last year, ninety-two and a half this year. That division, I don't love the Nationals. That division, though, I'm going over ninety-two and a half. They, I, can, they can feast on the Mets, they the can. Phillies, the Braves, and the Marlins. And, and don't be surprised if Dave Martinez is manager of the year. Dave Martinez He's is a Joe Joe Madden disciple. Been with Madden for years in Tampa and the Cubs, and is a really good, really good. Detail, attention to detail, kind of manager, right? Like, so he was his bullpen coach. Uh, I'm sorry, he was his bench coach. He was, he was the detail guy, 
and he took a lot of Madden's philosophies in spring training, brought a camel to on Wednesday to training camp, you know, for hump day. So he he's going to loosen that team up. What I believe happened in the Nationals last year, they got really tight in the playoffs. And you saw it in game five against was, the Cubs. The Dusty man, Baker. That's what happens. And, and, and I think Dave Martinez will keep them loose. This is a very good baseball team. This is the final year of Bryce Harper's contract with the Nationals. Harper's going to look for a breakout. How could he get any better? He probably can get better. I believe he gets better this year. I believe Nats win that division uh, and will push the Cubs for the National League crown. Strasburg's got to stay healthy. Yep. And last year they were carried a lot by Ryan Zimmerman, mm-hmm. who went off. Does he have a similar year, or do they have to find production? I, I don't know. We'll see about I that. think other guys produce. I think Zimmerman still has a really good year, um, and I believe that's an over 92.5 win team. They might not push 100. They'll be 95 to 97, but they win the they win the East. They feast on the East, like you said. That's, that's a really good baseball team to compete in the NL with the Cubs. Here's my last one I say for you. To me, this was the most obvious over on the list. Oakland A's. No. This team, I think, can go all the way. I don't know if they'll win a World Series. But this is a team with rich history. They they had a terrible, terrible, terrible year last year. Mm-hmm. They added pieces. I think they can challenge the Dodgers in the NL West. I know where you're going. San and Francisco yep, Giants. It's they're the at Giants. 80, they're at 81 and a half after 64 last year. I think that was the exception to the Giants' norm last year. But, but, they added I, McCutcheon. They added Longoria. I look at them on paper. Show me where the weaknesses are in this baseball team when you got Crawford well, and Here's here's my only I, I I love where you're going with this, but here's my only concern about the Giants, is McCutcheon and Longora are on the downside of their careers. So you're getting them at that point in their careers where you're going to ask them to be game changers in your lineup to push you over 81 and a half to to give you that kind of team that can compete against the Dodgers in the NL West and for the NL crown. Bumgarner's going to be out for a while with his injury in, in a spring training. No big deal. He'll be back. Cueto will be fine. They got a great, they got a really good closer. Samarja obviously hurt too. He's going to be out for a while. They've got a great infield. Great infield. They got a really good defensive ball club. But you're asking McCutcheon and Longoria to be what they were in the past. I don't know if those two guys have that in them anymore. You know, Father Time never always undefeated as Father Time. So as they've gotten older, their production's declined. And McCutcheon wasn't the clutch player he was in the past, the last Very couple true. years. Here's and Longoria idea. just hasn't been Longoria of the past either. So you're getting guys on, I believe, the downside of their career. They need big years to go over 81.5. I believe it is right at 81 or right under. It's an 80-win team. I don't see him getting more than 80, 81 to 82 I wins. I think they could win 90. Here's why. We've seen the Giants before with the lesser guys in the lineup. That we Look at the Giants' championship teams. Mm-hmm. They had guys that were journeymen, guys that were on the downside, and they won championships. Bochy doesn't need a whole lot. So does McCutcheon and Longoria have to be what they were five years ago? No. No. But once we get to October, that is true. They, 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 they sort of maxed out their talent on that. But moment. what's haunted the Giants in October has been their bullpen. And until their bullpen can show a consistent season, the Giants, even if they do get there, will lose in the first round because they can't, they can't, their bullpen can't hold leads. You saw it against the Cubs two years ago. You saw it three years ago in the uh, NL, uh, the Met, the Mets, right, or whoever it was. They played in the NL uh, DS a couple years they, before they beat that. Beat the Mets in the in the playoff in the in the, the playing game. Yeah, the playing game. But then they struggled to get to the World Series. So that's just you know I, the Giants bullpen has always been a, a question mark. It will remain the same way that year. And I just don't believe Andrew McCutcheon and Longoria give them the ninety five wins you're looking for. This is an 81 and a half, 80 win team. Right around 80, man. They'll be better, but not like they, not that they should be.
We'll meet back during the season. Let's do it. Let's do it. Out. Let's do a uh, let's do quarterly, Boney. Let's okay. do uh, the uh, June one All Star break, and we'll do one in August before the playoffs. Got it. All right, man. Tremendous job. Thanks, buddy. You bet. I still am I still uh, employed here? Yeah, you're still good. We went about ten minutes over the. That's okay time. though, right. and I need to make sure that you are our baseball insider across all the brands at WFNC. You got it. All right, bud. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. I'm excited for my next guest to join me. She is what I have called the WFNZ Rookie of the Year for listeners in 2018. She is dedicated daily, very active on Twitter, and I want to give people a chance to, not actually, to actually hear her and not just see the tweets. She is Amber McSpadden on Twitter. She is at A-M-B-E-R-E-L-L-A, at Amberella06. Amber, thanks for joining us for the first time here on the Boneyard Podcast. Hey, I'm surprised that you got my name, my last name, correct. <laughs> I did have to, I did have to sort of look it up and make sure. But I, I did, I did think there was a chance that I butchered it, but I did get it right, correct? Oh yeah, it's perfect. All right, you started listening to the show, I believe, towards the end of football season, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, towards the end of last year. Yeah. And I know you're a diehard, you're a diehard, diehard football fan, Panther yeah. fan. How did you hear? about this great show called The Mac Attack, and what draws, like, I, I, I got to ask, like, why? Like, why do you listen to us every day? Well, um, I would see a lot of the, the people that I follow, a lot of my friends, um, Rowing Riot members, they, they were, like, tweeting about you. And honestly, like, I've never really listened to sports radio. Um, like, I'm either working or listening to music. But I would see them tweeting about it, and it sounded interesting. So I just tuned in one day, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, Mac is is, in, is interesting. Uh, <laughs> he, just his takes on things. I mean, he goes back and forth every day. It seems like of what of who his favorite team is, who he's pulling for. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. You guys are pretty entertaining, and and I like that you interact with with the fans and the people that listen. And um, it just makes for a fun couple of hours. I every think morning. you were you were being kind. You said Mac was. <laughs> you said Mac was interesting. <laughs> I call I call him certifiably insane, but that's just well, I've known listen, him for a long we, time. We mix stick together. He's a McLean, I'm a McSpadden, so we, we have to stick with him a little bit. Well, we do appreciate you, you listening. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, football fan, where do you stand right now on how the Panthers offseason has gone? I know that you are big into the hashtag feeling the hern for Marty Herney. <laughs> You still feeling the yeah. hurt? You still feeling the hurt right now? What's going on? I definitely, I'm stoked. Um, I mean, I, I feel like we've made a lot of good moves in the offseason. I don't feel like we're going to be hungry during the draft, which is good. Um, I'm still looking forward to to a good draft. We have some spots to fill, but I just don't feel like we're, we're really thirsty for it, which is good. So, um, I, I, I'm definitely feeling the hurt. I'm on Team Marty, and I've been on Team Marty since. He, you know, since it was Marty 2.0, so I'm um, I'm I'm here for it. I think he's done a pretty good job. I think the post signing was big time. I don't think people give that one enough credit. That that guy's gonna, that guy's an upgrade over Star and much cheaper than Star. I think that's that's his best move. There has there's been very few Marty moves that I've questioned. I wasn't big on Gano because I thought that's a spot you could save money at. But if, yeah. if if you're just gonna rip a GM for the kicker, then he's done a pretty good job. True, I, and and you know the whole Breland issue, I, that would that would have been a great signing if he didn't have that whole medical issue thing going on. But, um, you know, I think Marty's done a good job. Let's talk he's NFL. Out there, he's out there working. He is. He's feeling his own hern. That, yeah, that, that's right. I don't even know what that even means. I'll edit that part out, I guess. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm still stuck here. What, let's let's be transparent here for a second. I got you on the line. 
your first time here. And uh, I said, hold on. We're ha- I can't hear you. We're having technical problems. I brought in our engineer who's going to punch me in the face one day. And I said, this is enough because it happens all the time in this room. I said, I can't hear. we got to fix this problem. And he came down here. And you're listening to the whole thing happen. Uh, my, yeah. headset, my headset wasn't plugged in. Yeah, so yeah and I, I wondered if you're really a professional. How long have you been doing this? Uh, 13 years. Yeah, 13 okay. years. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've been doing this 13 years at a high level. Uh, this is a setback, though, and that, that's embarrassing because you're like, you're like, I'm talking to a pro here. Uh, this is going to go great, and I can't even plug in my damn headset. They, they may have to rethink that contract extension. Yeah, I know. There's a reason there's an opt-out after two years. They want to make sure that <laughs> I, I did. That is true. I did sign a contract extension for people that don't know, and it has an opt out after uh, two years. I don't think that's my opt out. I think that's their opt out to see what I'm what I'm going to do. Let's talk NFL draft really quick. Uh, yeah. I can't really myself pinpoint one player I like. I'm all over the place. I like Jair Alexander, Louisville, a corner. Josh Jackson from Iowa. I like Calvin Ridley, but he's falling. I know that you. In the beginning, you talked about Billy Price from Ohio State because you're an Ohio State fan. Are you an alum of Ohio State? Uh, I went to Ohio State. I'm from Ohio. So, yeah, I'm, I guess that's Mac would call it. I'm a homer. <laughs> he, he did call you that on Facebook Live today. Billy did. Price was your guy until he got hurt. Who is, your, who is your current draft crush at number 24 for the Panthers? Honestly, I would still take Price. I think he's, I don't think he's lost that much value. I think he'll be good to go um, by camp time. Um, I love Quentin Nelson, but I'm sure he won't be available um, by 24. You know, I saw that Norv was out um, checking out DJ Moore the other day. And he had a, um, he had a weird look in his eye, too. Kind of yeah, man. I, I need someone to look at me like he looks at DJ Moore. <laughs> I was like, but, uh, Norv, you might, yeah. you might not be allowed within 300 feet of DJ Moore, but that look. He looked pretty sweet on him. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, he, he seems like a good candidate. Like, the um, other day I was excited for Calvin Ridley, and Max like, no, we're gonna, we, we want DJ Moore. I'm like, oh, man. So now i gotta, now I got to invest myself in DJ. I, I just eventually we'll get to a point where we all have our guy that we want. But right now it's like, it's like draft Tinder. I'm just swiping right on everybody right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I've been big on Chubb and, and Michelle, so I, I, I don't know. You take a running back in the first round. A lot of people say no, but uh, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting draft. I think I would because it's a different GM. I, I don't think a GM should take a running back twice himself in a row, but it's a different GM. Mm-hmm. So Herney yeah. didn't draft McCaffrey, so I'm a big. I'm on the Sony Express. I don't know if that'll be that'll happen. Now you went somewhere like two weeks ago or so. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like I mean, you are such a football fan. You were in <laughs> Philadelphia on vacation. Yeah, you yeah. you hit up. Greg Cosell. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Greg Cosell. Um, and, you know, I started listening to him uh, from your show, actually. And now, I, uh, yeah, I just, he's just one of the smartest guys that talks about he, football. He really is. And you, you follow him all over the country, really, because if he's, if he's on one station, there you go. You're listening to that. So you, you're a big yeah. Greg Cosell fan. You hit him up, and you said, Greg, I'd love to meet you. Greg Cosell says, come on by. You go to NFL Films, and you watch the man do work. How in the hell – did that go down? That's unbelievable. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just walking, like, you know, that little backstory, I, I was up in Philly visiting some friends, and I had some time to kill, so I realized that NFL Films is, you know, just right across the river, it, just a 30-minute Uber, you know, ride over, over the river. And so I hit him up, and he actually responded, and he was wow. like, yeah, you know, I got, I got an hour or so, you know, come on by. So 
It's crazy. I went by on a Friday, and, you know, he was watching some tape. I mean, literally just walking in the doors of NFL Films, it was just amazing. Um, There's this huge picture of Steve Sable and his dad. I love Um, Steve Sable. Yeah, and um, then there's, like, a whole wall of of uh of awards and i took some pictures of that i mean it's just amazing and then just to kind of watch greg um go through the film study that he does with the all 22 and uh, i believe it was um some college uh college film he was watching and we were watching um someone named byron pringle who i'd never heard of who actually seems pretty amazing. Um, older guy got in some trouble when he was in high school, but this is the receiver um, from Kansas State, right? Yes, mm-hmm. he's he's pre- he was pretty impressive. Um, but I I walked away from that experience feeling much smarter, <laughs> and honestly, looking at football a lot differently than I look at it now. Well, so it was it was it was awesome. That's quite an experience. Now I compared it to like going. This is like Willy Wonka inviting you into the the chocolate factory. Like I couldn't it even sort of imagine. Were there, were there people like rowing boats and little people singing? Like that's what I imagined NFL films is like. Yeah, it sort of was. It was really, it was really cool. I felt really um, really honored and, and excited that I was able to do that. All right, a couple of things before we let you go because I know you're you're busy on on a work day here. Uh, you're Duke. You're a Duke fan in addition to Ohio State. Yeah. How how did you uh, react last week to the? Uh, I can't even say it without getting emotional. How did you feel last week about the unfortunate incident that happened with Kansas? Yeah, it was a bummer. I mean, I, I, as soon as that, as, as soon as Grayson's ball didn't go in and it kind of wiggled around the rim there and then didn't go in and we were going to overtime, I just had a really bad feeling. I was watching with my best friend, who's a Duke fan, um, who is, uh, interestingly enough, married to a Syracuse fan. I was actually more nervous about that game than the <laughs> Kansas game. But, but um, yeah, as soon as that didn't, that ball didn't go through that net, I just knew, I just knew we were going to have a tough time. I and then, of course, too. when – when Wendell got that um, that questionable charge call, it, no, you can you can you can go ahead and say it. that was bullshit. You can go ahead, and, <laughs> yeah, you can you can cuss bullshit. on here. By the way, they told me I can. I can't do awesome. it on that. I can't do that. Wait till Duke Megan, one of our friends, finds out she can cuss on this. Yes, thing. Uh, that yeah, was that oh gosh, was yeah. that was total. I believe I think I even like tweeted that. Like yeah. it was just like that was not. And once Wendell call. was so big and getting them back in the game, you could kind of just feel that. That was good. I just knew, and I, where did I end up at? I ended up drinking alone at Chili's. That's where I ended up at. But I, <laughs> I handled myself pretty good. I, I was worse during the Lehigh and Mercer losses when I contemplated everything in my life. All right, a couple oh, non. Gosh. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm more mature now. I'm I'm very mature, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Couple more uh, things that are non-sports. One person that you have met and taking a liking to as a friend is mm-hmm. Mark from Gastonia. The, yeah. the, the three the, the three lettered legend MFG. Explain where you yeah. met him, your reaction to meeting him in person, and just overall your general sense of what this loon is all about. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, I'd only had interactions with him via Twitter, and then I came, I think he found me on Facebook. And, oh, I bet, I bet he did. And then yeah, and then basically just kind of what everyone else had been saying about him, and um, I went to this. Um, your sister station, I think WBT was having like a pancake breakfast, uh, like a month ago, I think, um, uh, for charity. And so I went by, um, to kind of meet you guys and just, you know, have, take my daughter for pancakes. And this is where and, we, this is where we, we teamed up and told Mark that he had to bring his own maple syrup and he did. Yeah. And he, <laughs> so of course Mark is there wearing his, uh, infamous Dale fire suit. Um, and he literally brought, uh, 
uh, syrup, <laughs> which everyone used, and it was delicious. But, I mean, he's, he's a, he, he seemed actually more low-key in person than he did online. I, I think, um, you know, he makes his persona bigger online. He's a really sweet guy, though. I think he's really funny, um, and he has all the best intentions, I think. So it, it, was, it was a fun time. He gets nervous around a lot of people. Like he, yeah, he, and he, I could I could see that because he was re- he was actually really quiet. He, he, um, which is fitting because he which, makes me he makes me nervous around a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I saw he was driving you around, and you should be <laughs> fearful for your life. Did you see the <laughs> video where how he turns on the radio station with a bungee cord? <laughs> yeah. And I thought his car. I thought it was like a. Go to my Instagram page. There's videos of Mark drive. Stupid decision on my part. I asked him yeah. what year the car was because it looked like it's like 1990. I don't know. I just saw the inside. I mean, you said that something about t- it was being, it was like taped up, and then that bungee yeah. cord to operate the radio. I, I don't know. It was but- a 2011. I said, Mark, how is this car 2000? It's so banged up. And he told me he's got a perfect driving record. And then he explained how many accidents he's been in. So I'm like, how? He's like Mr. <laughs> Magoo with no vision. All right, two more things. We're out of here. Yeah. We yeah. have two obsessions that we share, and it's not eating vegetables. One no, is HQ trivia. Explain to people that don't know. Why this game is so addicting? Oh gosh! Well, <laughs> it's a I mobile. It's a mobile app. Anyway, ga- it's a mobile app game. Honestly, yeah. I, I got on this train really late because a lot of people have been talking about it, and um, I think I downloaded it around the same time that you did. But um, it, it, it's it's basically this, this little quiz show that um, you answer twelve questions and you can actually win real, real money. Um, but for some reason, I can't seem to get past question six. I think maybe one time I made it to eight, but it, it's it's just random, random, random trivia. Um, and it, it's just, it's incredible. I, I, I'm addicted to it. I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Up to a million or two million people are playing every night. It's insane. Yeah, every night. They they play twice a day during the week at 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. And then, on you know, every every night at 9 p.m. Last, last, night, yeah. was, last night was probably the low point for, for the whole, <laughs> my whole Twitter family because the yeah. question was, what, <laughs> I talked about this on the air today. The question was, what's in mayonnaise? Cow, Boy. sheep, or or chicken? I didn't compute that chicken meant eggs. So of course I didn't I, either. Honestly, now now that you say that, <laughs> people are like, "What do you mean eggs are in eggs are in mayonnaise?" I'm like, "Oh, they got me." I thought it was cow. I'm like, "Well, there's got to be some part of cow in mayonnaise." <laughs> sure enough, there I go. And I promised everyone on Twitter a trip to Bermuda if we won last night, but unfortunately, that trip's not happening. Well, interestingly enough, you, uh, myself, and Mark all got that question wrong. So that's the worst because we I, I can't see Twitter when I'm playing. So when I go back and check. And yeah. I see, every single time I see Mark go, I'm out, and it's on the same question I'm out on. That's well, it's it's funny because I think this week, pretty much, you and I have been out on the same question. You know, I was doing better before I started like kind of teaming up with you, so maybe I need to rethink this. That's what I, I get that a lot with people. Like their <laughs> lives are going well, everything's going smooth. I come along, yeah. and there we go. One more thing, you've done a great job today. Live PD tonight. You're excited for that. You're a huge live PD. Oh fan. my gosh, that's my that's my jam right there. I, I I've always been a huge cops fan. The show Cops. Yeah. And I I mean I feel like I was the only person I know that watched it forever. And I've I think I've seen every episode. Um, and then Live PD came along, and I didn't watch it for a long time. And then all of a sudden, I, I just tuned in one day, and I thought, oh my god, this is the best thing since Cops. This is like Cops on steroids. It's amazing. 
The first um, episode that I saw, I'll never forget it. It was during the UNC Oregon Final Four game last year. And I was so nervous and pissed off that UNC was about to win. I had to have like an alternative program to go back to once in a while. And I kept going back to this show. I'm like, what is this show with like a football studio crew? Next thing you know, I'm like, screw the UNC game. I'm all in on this show. Been there for a year. I love it. Twice a twice a weekend, nine to midnight on A and E. You gotta check it out. It really is a remarkable show. Yeah, it's awesome. And and honestly, like Dan Abrams, he's a Duke grad. He hosts it. He's got great, you know, jokes and he got Sticks, who's like the hottest cop from Tulsa, and then I'm not going to lie to you, Sticks. I got to tell you, I'm a, I'm a secure man. I, I've talked about Greg Olson on the air being a good looking man before. I don't really care. Sticks Larkin on oh, yeah. on Live PD. I'm sorry, that's Silver Fox. That's a good looking man right there. I'm not going to lie. That's to you. right, exactly. So right. yeah, I love that show. Amber, we, we, have, Tra- we we need to have a watch party sometime. We, we got a little group, uh, a Twitter group that that follows it. We should do it in in Pasco County, Florida. Just take a whole crew down there. And see. <laughs> Florida never disappoints. Never. All right, Amber McSpadden, tremendous job on your debut here on the Boneyard Podcast. Again, give out your Twitter handle one more time so people give you a follow. Yeah, it's Amberella06, so A-M-B-E-R-E-L-L-A-0-6. Like, like Cinderella, but like Amber. Well, Amberella, yeah. It's, 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 I've had that nickname since I was like 19, I think. Okay. We won't talk about how old I am now, but it was a long time ago. That is right. We did. That, for people that don't know, I should have mentioned it. We went to high school together. Yeah, West Forsyth. We did. We, we uh, yeah, DP Surrey, Chris Paul went there as well. We did. We all the all the all the legends went there. Myself, Chris Paul, you. I mean, we all went there. It's crazy. That's right. Yeah. All right, Amber. Thank you so much. We'll do this again soon. Okay. Take care and have a great weekend. Thanks. All you right. too. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. We now bring in someone that has become a friend of me and many other Panther fans on Twitter over the years. She is Joan Ellis, and on Twitter she is at Joan PLZS. That's at Joan PLZS. I wanted to bring her on because she has a team in the Keep Pounding 5K, June 2nd. The team is Girl Gang, and their big free agent signing last week, get this, was me. I have joined Team Girl Gang for this event. Joan, first of all, I appreciate all of your life advice lately, and uh, thanks for joining us here on the Boneyard Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. I was trying to um, work in a golf clap, but it, it didn't. It didn't well, I don't, trust me, I don't need any applause because all, all that goes straight to my head. Now, the, the the buzz about Team Girl Gang, it's not just girls, right? It's it's anyone no, can join. No, no, no. It's just, it's just a, a, um, a, a group of us folks that um, all you know, met up on Twitter and you know started as a group of, of girls, women, ladies, whatever you want to call us. And um, But no, we have a... We have lots of guys that are Team Girl Gang. Now, did you did you have a lot of meetings and a lot of almost like scouting? Did you like what made you add me to this squad? Because this is this is big time. This is a big time uh, acquisition that Girl Gang made. I, I sensed a, a a change in the in the in the universe, a change in the force. Um, I heard you talk about going to the gym. That is and true. And getting healthy, and I'm like, you know what? We need T Bone on our team. Let's let's do this. And you did give me uh, you gave me a lot of uh, cooking advice yesterday. Yes, uh, yes. It, it involved uh, marinating chickens and, uh, and lot, roasting vegetables and a, roasting vegetables. A lot yeah. of vegetables, which I which I I have a problem with. Uh, what I tweeted you last night. Tell the people you, you gave all this great advice. What did I come up with for dinner last night? Eggos. 
Eggo waffles. Blueberry blueberry eggos. Blueberry eggos. Uh, uh, blueberry cobbler uh, waffles. So you do all this work. You're such a great friend. You try to help me out, and what do I do? I go get waffles. <laughs> but you're you're trying though, and I know you will. Uh, you'll keep. I, pound- I've, I've I've been one. To, I've been known to eat Cheerios for dinner myself. So absolutely. It's- Give us some details on the Keep Pounding 5K. I mentioned June second. How do people? June second. Su- how do people sign up? Where is it? And how do they get involved and join Team Girl Gang? So it's a um, it's an event that um, is put on by Levine Children's Hospital and the Levine Cancer Institute, and you know, trying to raise money to um, eradicate childhood cancer, um, which I can uh, attest is just just a bad thing. Let's just get rid of it. And um, you can go to you can just Google um, Keep Pounding 5K. 2018, I think, and they'll take you right to the event page. Um, they do cap it at a thousand um, walkers slash runners. I'm glad so, you said. I'm uh, glad you said walkers. So, <laughs> Thank you. I felt like, I felt like you were talking wa- to me directly. I'm a walker. Okay. I'm a team walker. By the way. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, more than half of us last year walked. I think we had 12 or 14 maybe um, on our little team last year, and only maybe five or six actually ran. Um, the whole thing. Most of us walked. Um, and um, it's $30 to register. They do ask that everybody um, fundraise, you know, at least $51. And if you are a Panther fan, you know why the number 51 is significant, um, Sam Mills' number. But we um, last year, I think our goal was to raise $1,000 as a team, and we raised over $2,000, wow. which I was really proud um, I was really proud of that, and that was, you know, to the people on Twitter. Because I would tweet out, you know, things, and people who I've never met, who I just interact with on social media, um, were sending me messages. I was getting emails, because I do get, um, as a team captain, I do get emails when we get um, donations and whatnot. And um, it was it was really humbling. It was very, um, you know, it was something that, you know, I was proud of that we you know, because it was literally like at the last minute, I'm like, holy crap, we were supposed to raise money for this thing. <laughs> and within like, you know, five or six days, we had, you know, exceeded our little goal. So um, it was, you know, more just to get girls together or get everybody together to, you know, spend some time together outside of football because, you know, the off season is so long and so boring. Um, but, um, you know, to raise money for, you know, LCI and LCH is right. just a, you know icing on the cake. Well, you've got the power of radio behind your team now, so I can cer- <laughs> I can certainly we we as a show. This is not a back padding thing. This is the credit to our listeners for uh, the V Foundation. We did an event in 2016. We raised five thousand dollars as a show. So yeah, I, I was I was one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you we 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 have the power here in the in the. the the generosity of our listeners uh, reaches no end. I want to say on a personal note, my best friend, one of my best friends, I've had two best friends that have died before I before they were 23, one in an accident. But my other best friend, uh, he had colon cancer in high school. Oh, God. And he beat it once, and he came back again in 2004, two years later. So I've had a friend that died from mm-hmm. colon cancer. So I've seen... Uh, how cancer affects families and young people, and it affects a young person and what they go through. So this uh, this means a lot to me. I'll be all, all kidding aside, I'm I'm glad to be part of this and uh, to honor my my friend that that passed away. Well, um, you know, I hope you put that in the um, in your registration when you register. You can say that yeah. you're running or running slash walking in honor of someone. 
Um, so I hope you did list his name there if you saw that. I don't know whether you noticed that little. Yeah, I got to go. I got to do that. One more thing before I let you go. We do appreciate you coming on. What has been the reaction? Of, who are some of my teammates here? Like, what are they? Are they? Are they worried about me? Like, what are my expectations here as as the uh, as the big free agent on this squad? The only the only worry I think that um, is that you might bring along um, your son. Oh my! Well, my my son. By <laughs> by that she means uh, Mark from Gastonia, who Joan is trying. Joan is trying. I, I feel Joan is trying to understand Mark. It's been a battle, but I think she's trying to understand Mark a little better. He did put out a heartfelt message to you on Twitter. He did. He did. But I he did. But he did. And if he if he if he just. Um, limits the stripper talk oh. and it i just show your intelligence and you know it's it's the act is just tired to me but you know so I, mark, I mark is not, that's nice the big guy. concern is that i'm bringing my son along all right john we do appreciate it again one more time give the website out there to, to sign up so um it's keep pounding 5k um at the carolina's Healthcare foundation um, just Google Keep Pounding 5K 2018. They'll take you right there. Um, registration is limited to 1,000 people, so get signed up. Team Girl, team, Panthers Girl Gang 2018 is the name of our team. All right, and again, this is Joan Ellis, at Joan Ellis, at Joan PLZS on Twitter. PZLS. What did I say? PLZS? Yeah. Because no, my maiden name is PZ, and my last name is Ellis. So P- PZLS. Oh, PZLS. So I, I screwed easy, that up. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah, easy peasy. Yeah, so I completely screwed that up. Anyway, <laughs> just find her somewhere on social media. She's a great person. All right, Joan, thank you. We'll be, uh, we'll be excited for so June much. 2nd. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.